Welcome to Season 5 of the Let's Talk Data podcast series, presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies with leading experts. Hi, my name is Ryan Champlin. I'm part of the HANA product marketing team here at SAP. Let's Talk HANA is a new series of the Let's Talk Data podcast that aims to explore the benefits of SAP HANA with a strong focus on concrete business outcomes. The series will look at the unique advantages of SAP HANA and the impact these have had on customers, partners, the community, and SAP itself. Today, we have a great topic around sports and technology. Specifically, we're going to dig into concussions and impact sports and the increasing recognition of the potential for serious immediate and long-term medical ramifications. But how do you measure the unseen and make contact sports safer with innovative technology? In this episode, I welcome Mark Giel, Senior Vice President of Partners and Ecosystem for HANA and Analytics here at SAP. He hosts Chris Turner, CEO at Sports and Wellbeing Analytics, and Dan McNamara, CEO at Keytree, a Deloitte business. Mark will discuss how the SAP business technology platform, including HANA, was used as the foundation to develop the Protect system with sports and well-being analytics through a collaborative effort with Keytree. The Protect system combines mouth guard sensors with advanced data and analytics to improve player safety and performance. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Mark Giel. I'm a senior vice president uh, within our HANA and analytics business at SAP. Welcome to this Let's Talk HANA podcast. In this episode, we will discuss an extremely innovative and cutting-edge sports and well-being product utilizing SAP's business technology platform, including, of course, HANA. This product, Protect, is being applied to many sports that involve head impact or the risk of head impact, such as rugby, football, hockey, and boxing. I would first like to welcome our two special guests. Firstly, Chris Turner, CEO at Sports and Wellbeing Analytics, or SWA, and then Dan McNamara, CEO and founder Keytree, a Deloitte company. Chris, uh, if you please introduce yourself and your vision at SWA that led to Protect. Yes, thanks, Mark, and uh, thanks for having me on. So my name's Chris Turner, as you heard, I'm Chief Executive of Sports and Wellbeing Analytics. Um, prior to that, I spent some time at SAP, but also I was Chief Technology Officer for Unilever. So the vision behind sports and wellbeing analytics and specifically to the protect system that we've built is really about how we could use real-time technology to help with what is really one of the biggest problems in contact sports which is concussion and its effect really on athlete safety and well-being we really wanted to get something that could really have the ability to change that dynamic and do that uh, very much in real time Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Dan, please describe Keytree and, and your vision around platform innovation, and more importantly, how you became involved with Chris and Protect. Yeah, thanks, Mark. So Keytree are um, a technology organization, now a Deloitte business. Our focus is centered on SAP, platforms and applications around SAP. And I guess we became most well-known really is in the space of innovation and I guess sort of pushing the envelope if you like. So I think when SAP became aware of of the project, I I think we were kind of the obvious partner really to to get involved because, you know, we do work with uh, low level technology, um, you know, right the way through the, the SAP technology stack. And I think we're used to problem solving and, you know, here's one of those fantastic problems to solve. And it massively resonated with me because I am a sports fan. I do follow uh, rugby closely, which is where obviously, you know, uh, Protect started. 
Uh, and also I have, you know, children who play the game as well. So I was, I was very, very interested. And I could see immediately that, that potentially here we had the, the right ingredients for an incredible solution. Thanks for that, Dan. I mean, it's, it's always great when you have a personal sort of engagement. Chris, I mean, I think it would be great uh, for the listeners to, to understand maybe the history behind this journey, right? I mean, you, you mentioned ex-CTO at Unilever. You've also been a, a key member of the leadership team on the HANA side as well. So you know HANA exceptionally well. So, so maybe, you know, talk a little bit about how you looked at solving this challenge. Um, you know, was it a collaborative effort? Um, and how did you think about the technology and HANA's use um, to solve this? Thanks, Mark. I mean, yes, the, the journey here really does have its roots back at SAP when I, when I was there and where a fellow founder of, of, of Sports and Wellbeing, Mike Bell, and I spent several years talking to, to SAP's customers about the advantages of using the harness system and specifically the real-time capabilities that it delivered to solve their biggest problems. Part of that conversation was was often about using that technology to pull together disparate pieces of information from disparate sources and actually think about how you could deliver value from that information well ahead of any fundamental transformation that, that you may have otherwise had to undergo. With that kind of thought process in mind, when we set off and, and set up uh, sports and well-being, we, we base a lot of the critical conversations that we were having on some friends of ours and you know Mike's an ex-rugby player and, and I'm, I've done lots of different sports and, and what we were doing was having conversations with friends in those sports to try and understand what their biggest problems were and most of the time the biggest problem that kept coming back was this whole conversation around concussion and head injuries and traumatic brain injuries and what have you and and question really kept coming back is, is there any way in which we can use the technology that, we, that we're much more familiar with to really fundamentally change the way that whole thing could be solved? So the problem itself is very easy to describe. You get whacked in the head, you have, you have an injury, and people see that all the time. You only have to watch a rugby game or whatever it is, and, and you'll see something happen to somebody's head. So it's a very easy problem to describe, but when you try and solve it, it's a very hard problem. There are so many variables that you need to start thinking about. Dan mentioned a minute ago about biomechanics, and that clearly is a huge issue. So if I hit you at a particular speed with a particular force, I, that registers a certain speed and a certain impact. If I change your body position ever so slightly, that changes everything. So we have to understand that. Then in addition to that, you have to wonder about how you communicate that in real time from the sensors which we've embedded in mouth guards to the sideline. Now, who would have thought that dental fillings would have been a problem that we had to think about? I mean, it just doesn't come into your mindset. So, but it is because the guy standing next to you who doesn't have fillings can transmit a signal much further than the person that's got fillings in them. So you have to get around all of those problems. And then how do you get that in a way that you can present that information in a way that can be actioned in real time? Really, it's it's a huge issue. I could, I could just go on and on. But to your point, Mark, it, it is has to be a huge collaborative effort, trying to bring all of those different skills, whether you're talking about biomechanics or whether you're talking about active sport, whether you're talking about the electronics understanding, the software, and actually trying to pull all those together, it's a huge effort in which we, we've worked with numbers of partners, Keytree Deloitte being, being key, obviously, but Ospreys in, in the rugby spence of Swansea University and, of course, other partners that we've worked with, like, like SAP, to make it actually happen. 
Excellent. I mean, it's, it's always fascinating, right? We, we think about transformation and we think about the use of data, but we always apply it to this sort of business context. But, you know, as you're showing here, right, technology has such broad and varied usage and, you know, the real-time capabilities of HANA, that ability to to get very granular in terms of the data, responding even to to, to the signals that you're getting is, is, is key here. And it's just as key in sport and contact sport as it is in business, right? So true transformation, uh, albeit in sport rather than business. So Dan, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about the, the technology, the methodologies that Keytree would apply to deliver this type of agile solution and really sort of talk a little bit about the role HANA plays uh, in that solution. Yeah, sure. So I think this would be the most classic example of an agile project, really. So here you have a challenge that essentially something that's not been done before. And I think you're at the the edge of what's possible. So therefore, the approach that you take is, is extremely important working out that actually, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not going to work or that you choose a direction that, that, that you can't follow. So it is, it is very agile. It's also agile uh, from the point of view of uh, experts essentially collaborating in quite a small space. So that, that makes it, you know, less complicated. You know, you, you're looking at somebody for each component, somebody who's a real, is, is a real expert in that field. And I think for this kind of project, that is really important. And what that translated to is, well, you know, within three months, we built a prototype. And now you would say that the prototype was um, a little bit clunky because here we have a mouth guard and, you know, we had to, you know, design the electronics for that mouth guard. And the electronic solution would have, you know, accelerator, gyroscope, you know, antenna, battery, etc. So it's reasonably uh, intrusive, you would you would think, to, to a mouth guard. And I guess, you know, initially... But we got it working and, you know, we proved that networking and sort of the end to end around it quite early. And then after that, we're really able to refine the solution. And that is around it's around the applications. It is around the mouth guard. You know, it's obviously the algorithms, the understanding of the biomechanics. And then it's also something that, you know, moves as it's you know been used um, you know, live in professional sport for some time now. You know, clearly the solution, you know, continues to evolve because it is, you know, essentially a field of, of research. And so in terms of tools and technology uh, in order to deliver the solution, well, you know, there were definite technical challenges, obviously not least, you know, the hardware, the, the mouth guard itself. Um, but also the environment in which it's used. So I guess the extreme example might be a stadium filled with 80,000 people and you've got 30 players on the pitch all in, you know, uh, essentially a melee or not, you know, you can get 30 in a melee and at one time, but, you know, essentially there's a, an awful, you know, lot of moving parts, you know, quite literally. And what it means is essentially we have kind of the ultimate edge device here that sits pitch side and that edge device runs HANA and obviously HANA is the primary engine here for the solution. So this is where uh, you know, the, the predictive algorithms are running, you know, essentially we are, uh, you know, measuring impact and using HANA to to provide a, a risk weighting, you know, based on, you know, that player's activity. So so that's sort of your ultimate edge, because here we can't just rely on a, a cloud solution because, you know, network and, and connectivity to the internet cannot be guaranteed. 
And obviously also the solution is geared to uh, use by the public. So, you know, essentially used, you know, anywhere long term. So, you know, we stream from the mouth guard to our edge device uh, using uh, radio frequency. We've got HANA applications running pit side um, so that the coaches and the medics see real time what's occurring. And then we have a sync to the business technology platform where, you know, then we've also got the longer terms aspects of, of this. And that might be, you know, that we're uh, you're able to you know assess the, the longer term history of players or take a uh, more of a team centric view. And then obviously, you know, a level above that, the analytics around, you know, what this might mean more generally for the sport. So that's how we used the platform and the technology. And I think what I would say is what you need when you're doing something like this is a tool set and a platform where everything is in sort of close proximity. And we didn't have the time or the resource to develop anything that we didn't need to develop. So all the work has to go into the application and and the solution. So you need a set of building blocks around that that make that easy in such, you know, really quite a difficult scenario. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. So, I mean, basically in summary, right, it, it, there was the the predictive element of HANA, that ability to leverage a single platform that provided a, a wide range of use cases, right, to be able to build out the applications, to collect the data, to process the data, to provide those real-time insights, right? So it's a it's a pretty broad set of, of use cases and, and capabilities that, that you've utilised. Yeah, exactly. So, and that would be application development tools. It's obviously HANA. It's also uh, analytics cloud as well, uh, you know, where we're visualizing, um, you know, a a lot of the information, um, you know, real time. Excellent. So maybe Chris, you can you can expand a little bit. One of the areas you sort of touched on before was, you know, this started off as as preventative, uh, but ultimately has has evolved to also be performance oriented. So, you know, was, can you talk a little bit about whether that was by design, whether that was something that you were able to to do once you saw the value in the data sets that you were co- that were being collected from this, or whether it was, you know, as you were able to basically measure and monitor the impact. Um, of protect over time that you could see that the, 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 the scope was just broader than, than maybe initially expected? Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's a great question, actually, because it's 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 not intuitive. I mean, the, the irony is that it's all of the answers that you just gave all wrapped up into one. But I think the trigger for that was, was pretty clear. When we talk about professional sports, and, and specifically when we talk to the coaches and things that are in those sports, they, they really actually only have one goal, and that's winning. So whilst athlete safety is clearly a critical component of their role, let's not kid ourselves, winning is what they're all about. So the question is, how do you get them to buy into something where their personal objectives are all set around winning, and yet you're trying to sell something that's all about welfare and safety and so on? And the answer is that you actually have to do both. And and what we found is that the big challenge that you've got here is that the data itself that's coming off this is, is brand new. So when you start to talk to people about what you're getting off of the mouth guard, it's, it's very much a question of, So I've hit you this hard that often. And the question then becomes, how do you translate that into a message that can be revealed to the the coaches and so on? And I think the reality is that just telling people how many times a player was hit 
and how hard doesn't tell you a great deal, but actually it tells you everything because there's a massive amount of insight that you can draw from that. And most of that insight we found is completely groundbreaking and is actually leading to fundamental changes in the way clubs train and prepare their players. So examples of that could be, you know, we understand exactly what happens in a drill. Can you make them safer whilst improving their performance and retaining their performance benefits? Well, here's a simple example. Take a, In rugby, take a jackal drill where you've got a couple of guys jackling over a ball carrier that's lying on the floor and the objective is to pass the ball out as quickly as possible. What we found when we were doing something like that was that the guy on the ground was the only person taking the hits. Well, that was fascinating because that was the guy on the ground who was put there so he didn't get hit. So by changing a few things, you, without changing the drill, we have managed to eliminate all those impacts. So therefore, you can start immediately to get a benefit from doing that. We're now starting to find out, for example, that we're able to measure and contact load. What, what does normal look like? We can actually start to make very, very clear statements about what a normal load of a player looks like. And we've got clubs now that are looking at that load and they're actually starting to say the players had... 80% of the, the load that we'd like to have over a course of a week in a game, therefore I will dial down their training, changing the way in which they fundamentally do it. And that that is a massive, massive change. I can't estimate how, how important that kind of thing is. We can look at how do you bring players back from no contact? Because if you're suddenly taking a rugby player in the COVID uh, example that often comes up, you know, these guys have been off for, for weeks, so if not months, they're demassed, they, they're going back into training, and all of a sudden they're going to be clattered. And we've seen examples of that in the NFL for where the guys have had a short season, a short preseason, and they've come back and they've had massive injury spikes. Well, what we're finding is that we can actually simulate and predict how to bring those players back from injury, back to their contact loads in a safe way by specifying types of drills and so on and the volumes of drills, the intensity of those drills to do over time. So there's a massive advantage to the club. So what you're really then doing with the coach is giving them a performant, rested, fresh squad for the game to maximise their opportunity to win. So there's lots and lots of things like that that you can do. So it's really come out of that, that balance of being able to sell into a, a, a club the performance benefits whilst driving it through the welfare benefits is what we call performance through welfare. Excellent. I think I think it's fascinating, right? How you you, you start with a, a particular problem to solve, and then through collecting this vast amount of data um, that the Han is enabling, it enables you to to almost you know change the question, right? And you know once you you get those insights, realize that you can you can make quite dramatic changes to to areas that that, that maybe haven't seen a lot of innovation in the past. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating. So maybe Dan, right, you you alluded to it, right, the, just the, the breadth of the capabilities that, that there are with HANA, right? And I think that some people associate HANA with just a database, right, where in fact it's a, it's a transactional and analytical platform. And, you know, what you have been able to do is, is to take those data sets, analyze those data sets, you know, discover key insights out of those data sets. So can you talk maybe a little bit about how you approach that and, and, and why HANA was the right solution for that? Well, first of all, the challenge is having clean data uh, to begin with. I think as it is on sort of almost any technology 
project. And so we've got this scenario where you've got the mouth guard is the perfect instrument here because it's in the center of the skull. And typically, you know, any any movement that we can detect, therefore, is meaningful. Whereas if we were approaching this with a, a device that could move sort of independently of the head, you know, that almost makes it, you know, impossible to do. So sort of fundamental principle there. But actually, there's still an awful lot of things that can happen, as we discovered, that can make that complicated. You've clearly got to know that the mouth guard is in the mouth. Um, you know, now via a, a proximity centre, we have to declack the information that is not relevant. So, you know, uh, rugby players, for example, may actually take the mouth guard out, put it in their sock or, or something like that. And, and so there's quite a bit of work just to sort of set this up so that it's a, it's a robust data set. OK, but then what do we need? Well, we need something that is able to process information very, very quickly. Um, against uh, a large data set, so sort of in-memory performance, you know, flexibility in order to do that, extremely important. You know, as the data becomes more sophisticated, uh, the algorithm and the model, you know, can simplify. And what, and, and what we end up, you know, driving towards is understanding where something is unusual, and that's what dictates risk. So if we're measuring an impact and, you know, we can tell that this is this is unusual, it is not in the normal range, essentially, you know, that's where it comes out. But in order to get to that, there's a huge amount of modelling complexity, you know, has gone into this so over a number of years, you know, um, around the algorithm and ability to, you know, to change it, to, to sort of, you know, to try it against the data set, etc. So you really do need a platform that is, you know, flexible uh, and supportive in allowing you to move quickly and deploy quickly and then of course the other element is user experience so it has to be very easy to set the application up because it's used in really high pressure environments and it won't be used at all if it's not easy to do because um, it just it just can't happen you no one's going to sort of delay the start of a game or a training session because you know the technology is not working and also there is very much a human element of people needing to kind of buy into this because, you know, it could feel quite invasive. The experience has to be good. So you need an application technology that helps you kind of do things really, really quickly, deploy that really, really quickly and make it really consumable for the end user. And it's sort of right at the extreme end of that. And so therefore, you know, when you get into the visualization, you know, that has to be highly, highly performant. Everything, you know, has to just, you know, make sense, right information shown in the right way. And clearly there's design elements to that as well. But, you know, you can't do that without, you know, having the right tool set to work with. So, so maybe finally, Chris, uh, you know, it sounds like it's been a, a roller coaster journey um, already over the last couple of years. Maybe you can sort of give us a, a glimpse into maybe what the future holds for SWA or what the, the future holds for Protect. Sure, thanks. And I mean, I think the thing that's the thing that's really important to understand is that a lot of the conversation has has obviously centered around the mouth guard. But that's because that's been a real challenge. And it's at the end of the day, the mouth guard for us is just a data collection tool. And the real value in this is about the data and the analytics of the data, how you get the value out of the data, how you interpret the data and how you use it. So a lot of where we are and where we are going is all based around 
the use of the data and how we can use that data to to make things better for people, uh, particularly at the moment at the elite level. But but long term, uh, that's that's something that we're we're looking to bring down into the community game across lots of different sports. And I guess that's the other thing is that what we're finding out of this is that the the learnings and the insights from the data are transferable across pretty much every sport you can think of, but specifically in within contact sports. I had a conversation um, just this morning, actually, with with someone about using it in diving. And, and that's largely because people see stars when they hit the water from the high 10 meter boards. And of course, this is a waterproof data capture device. So we can we can use it for those sorts of things. So there's lots of different ways we can do it. But the, the, the focus for us at the moment is very clear, clearly into into rugby. And, and we're working very now uh, across a number of other sports but specifically in boxing and, and soccer and so on to to really take it forward so longer term as i say it's to get it down into the community games but that's that's where it is but i but i would stress i think if, if there is a takeaway from from this it's all about the data at the end of the day and therefore having the right tools to collect analyze and get that data in front of the right people at the right time is what it's all about Excellent. I mean, data is the new oil, as they say, and I think it's uh, you've certainly demonstrated that here. So with that, I'd like to to basically thank both of you for these fascinating insights and the use of HANA to, to solve some, some really fascinating sporting challenges. Uh, I'd also like to, to thank our audience today for joining us and listening to this Let's Talk HANA podcast. So with that, I'd like to sign out. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Um, and thanks to everyone who's been uh, listening today. Thank you, Mark, Chris, and Dan, for sharing your great story about how you've worked together to develop this innovative new solution called Protect to help improve safety and performance and impact sport, and how SAP HANA and the broader business technology platform have helped you in developing this solution. Thanks to those of you listening, and remember, this is just one in a series of Let's Talk HANA podcasts. Be sure to check out the additional references as well for this story, and check back regularly for additional podcast episodes. If you want to find more information about HANA, please check out our website at sap.com slash HANA. Thank you.